This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, being broadcast live on the Echo's Everton FC Facebook page. I'm Ian Kroll and joining me on today's show is the Echo's Everton FC correspondent, Joe Thomas. Um, on the agenda today, well, Joe, there's only one story in town and that's that Everton have been hit with a 10-point deduction for breaching the Premier League's profitability and sustainability financial rules. Joe, um, just your initial reaction to this shocking news this afternoon. Yeah, what a surprise, really, I think. Not necessarily in terms of Everton being found guilty of a breach. I think that once it's got to a stage where the Premier League referred it to the Independent Commission, there's always a feeling that they would have only have done that had they believed they had a strong case going forward in in. And that's why they would have taken that action in the first place. Obviously, it's then an independent commission that then hears arguments from both sides. But with the Premier League, obviously, having kind of set the agenda in the first place and to Everton's credit, and perhaps this is one bone of contention that the club have with Everton having been so open with them in relation to where their finances have been over the last few years. It was very. It would have been very surprising if, if uh, the Premier League wouldn't have submitted that to an independent commission had they not believed that they had a watertight case. I think when you look back through some of the documents, I don't think their case is as watertight as they perhaps might have might have hoped. But ultimately, the commission has sided on their favour and, and has, has, has come to the conclusion not only did Everton breach uh, the profit and sustainability rules, but that a sporting sanction is required, one of 10 points. I think that's that's the big issue and that's where the surprise comes in. One, the fact that this is a, a sporting sanction, because I think as we'll probably get onto this in a minute, this is very much seen to be classed by certainly by Everton, and I, and I don't think this is really disputed by the Premier League so much as counting something like a fine, perhaps being of more more appropriate instead. Everton for what is a, I think in the terms of the amounts of money that we see spent in and around the Premier League on all sorts of projects, you know, a nineteen point five million pound overspend over what is a three year accounting period, four years if you take um, into account the amalgamated period for 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 COVID. 10 points feels very significant. Uh, and I think that's the surprise. I think, you know, speaking to people just in general, I kind of had an impression that one, that this one that this would probably come out during this international break and, and two, that everyone were probably braced for um, a, a guilty verdict. In fact, I think what well, the club would have known that because if you delve into the deeps, it got to a, it got to a final point where the club, ex- the club do accept that on the Premier League's calculations, which... They initially disputed and they still have some concerns over, but they said they have gone over that limit. It's the amount that's disputed. Um, but the punishment is the big issue. And I think the punishment, 10 point sanction um, to come into play with an immediate effect. I mean, that that is crippling for Everton in terms of their season. Um, again, something we'll come on to later, whether or not it will be. Uh, the difference between them staying up or not. I think there's evidence to suggest in recent weeks that perhaps Everton would have a better chance surviving that now than they would have done at any other point, certainly over the last few years. But clearly it places them at a huge disadvantage. And clearly, I think the severity of this punishment has come as a big shock to the club, obviously to the fan base, obviously to people like ourselves. And I think to a large degree, I think that surprise and that disappointment is probably justified. Are you able to just go into like a, a like a brief detail or summary of exactly what Everton have done? You kind of touched upon it there, like the overspend of just like nineteen million. Mm-hmm. But you're able to kind of go into the details just so that people don't know. Yeah, the headline figures or the headline argument over this is that it essentially seems to have boiled down to an argument between the Premier League and an argument between Everton about 
interest that is being accumulated on loans that have arguably been used um, to help fund build the, to build the stadium. Yeah. So Everton, over the course of this rolling period, were essentially allowed to lose up to about 105 million, well, up to 105 million pounds before they would start to incur serious punishment and get referred to an independent commission, which is what, what they ultimately did. Now, the final account of the figure is the Premier League, or the Premier League's argument is that Everton breached it by 19.5 million. So that 105 million pounds, there was an overspend and it came to 124.5 million pounds. Everton initially disputed that and said, well, actually, we think we're in the mid 80s. Yeah, we've lost about 87 million over this period. So actually, we're under that threshold and their position has been, well, We've been liaising with the Premier League over some of these issues for several years and therefore surely that attempt at compliance should be a mitigating factor. When it's come to the end of it, obviously there's been a few kind of, you know, there's been a lot of discussions between the different parties since the the, the, the club was charged with the, the breach back in March. And by the end of it, Everton have come to the point where they accept that they've overspent that £105 million figure. Their argument is not by £19.5 million, but by closer to about £8 million. And like I say, it essentially boils down to, on the surface level, an argument over the interest that has been accumulated on loans. Everton say that these loans were for the stadium and therefore they should be able to claim that back and they don't count towards this £105 million figure. Um, the Premier League say they don't. So the Premier League say that Everton Stadium has largely been funded by uh, money from Fard Mashiri, the majority shareholder, which was provided to them interest-free. And they say that other loans that the club had with people like Metro Banks and Rights and Media Funding were commercial loans that are basically used for, for operating reasons. Um, Evan's position is, is, no, that's not the case. This was for the stadium and therefore it should be able to add back. And then they're saying this, this supplementary argument is, well, that argument is largely irrelevant because if Everton weren't building the stadium, then they wouldn't be taking out the supplementary loans. So wherever that money's going from, it's only doing it because they're only getting those loans and paying that interest because itself is good for the club, good for the community, and good for football. So the headline is, there's a bit of a difference over the interpretation of the rules into where that interest comes from. That and one or two other factors. Beneath the surface is, is a much more kind of complicated argument, and prob but probably one which I think people are more tuned into and, and, and understand this this process. The Premier League are essentially arguing that over the course of the Mashiri years, Everton have overspent on transfer fees, brought in lots and lots of players for lots of money and underperformed on the pitch. So the money that they spent on transfer fees, instead of the club projecting and essentially gambling that it would take them forward, take them higher up the league, qualify for Europe, so they get more money from coming for the TV companies, more money from European qualification, more money from finishing higher up the league, is that because the club has gone backwards, the figures have got worse and worse, it's become harder to, to, to get some of that money back. So the, club, so the Premier League are essentially saying that upon that foundation, the club has sailed too close to the wind. And then when you get into smaller arguments over fees, over interest payments on loans, and whether or not they're for the stadium, the only reason you're so close to those thresholds in the first place is because of what's happened previously with the player funding and things like that. Ever side, obviously, they sort of build the, state, the new stadium and start work on that. And they sort of better themselves on the pitch. Yeah, Mr. Mashiri comes in, they buy players, they want to try and you know, push themselves into European places. And they essentially argue that this was a manageable, a manageable process, but they were hit with a perfect storm of, of issues, which they couldn't really predict, but had a material impact on their own finances. And included within that, they had the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine, which 
the club are saying that obviously that had a big impact on on their sponsorship agreements with USM, which obviously they suspended those deals once the invasion happened, um, which I think everybody understood as a as a position as an honourable position to take. The club actually go into this and, and say that they're on the brink of a, a 20 year stadium naming rights deal with USM that would have been 10 million pound a year, a chunk of which they might have gone on gone up front, got up front, and all of a sudden, if you start to get that money in, then you're nowhere near this threshold. They're saying. Well, we couldn't predict this. If it hadn't have happened, we'd have been all right. They're also looking at things like COVID, the impact that that had on their ability to sell players and sell players for fees that they would believe they would traditionally have got for the players that they would have sold, but didn't because they're saying that COVID depressed the market. Um, and that they use and goes to Tottenham for £60 million. They believe that in a normal environment, they would have got £80 million for him. Well, if they get that twenty million pound extra again, all of a sudden, you know, we're talking about a nineteen point five million pound breach here. They're they're within the limit safely, so they're effectively arguing that they've been hit by a perfect storm. You know, they, they've been responsible and that they've been open and that they've been transparent. Um, but what they've done is they've repeatedly been hit with unforeseen um, issues that are outside of their control that have had a material effect on them that they couldn't have done anything about. Uh, and they're therefore arguing, saying, well, look, I mean, come on, like, you've got to give us a little bit of a break here because how could we have anticipated these? Premier League on the flip side saying, well, you know, these are business decisions. You know, by their nature, they're very risky. And, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to essentially capitalise on on gambles, things that you think should have happened, but you can't say for definite would have happened. And that's where the crux of the argument lies. I mean, prior to, the, to all of this, or to today's statements and ruling, Everton seemed quite bullish mm-hmm. that they were, you know, going to be not guilty. So there must be some shock. There's obviously shock around the fan base and you know ourselves. So within the club, they must they must be shocked. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the very outset, they they were very shocked, and and they were by by. I think over the course of the yeah the what are we on now November. So over the course of the eight months or seven months up to the commission that was last month, as. Both parties have been in contact with each other. Their position has changed a little bit. And by the end of it, it got to October where they, they admitted there was a breach. And the issue became over how much they breached it by and how kind of malicious was that breach. Is it an accidental breach? Are they, you know, and obviously, like I just said, the perfect storm of, of mitigating factors that they say. Um, so their position changed a little bit. But I think this is probably testament also to one of the big problems that Evan have in this scenario. And, and probably something that I think the, the the club deserves a degree of sympathy for, and the fact that there are a lot of this is this is an attempt this this judgment in this hearing is an attempt to kind of find clear lines within a grey area, and some of these accounting processes and some of these accounting rules and add backs and things like that. There wasn't really a you know a line in the sand over what could be included, what couldn't be included. There was a lot of things that might be discretionary and that. Yeah, there was an argument over, and 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 within the the judgment, the commission said this is a complicated case, and I think where Everton probably come down on that, said we can see this is complicated. Everyone can see this isn't clear, so therefore, surely in a in a world where there aren't any clear guidelines, I think the Premier League's response to that is, well, you know, I mean, the threshold is one hundred five million pounds. I mean, you know, it's not as if like even if you were fifty million over, you you know, if you lost fifty million pounds over this period, that still would be bad. But I mean you've gone hundred and five and then you've gone another nineteen point five. So at what point do they draw the line, step in and say enough is enough? But I think forever and from their perspective, I think I can understand why from the outset of this process they felt that they were innocent. Um and I think it's only probably through an attempt to try and compromise 
uh, over the course of this period that they've gone, all right, we don't necessarily agree with how you're working out some of these things, but we'll meet you halfway, but we still think that it's not as bad as it is. And obviously, within that process and within them opening up their books to the club and things like that, sorry, to the Premier League and that, I think there was a hope, a consistent hope uh, that ran through this process that by the club being seen to, to be open and transparent as it thought it was doing, it might kind of, that might help as a mitigating factor and help alleviate some of the problems. And instead, the Premier League has gone, well, the commission has gone the other way and, and actually says that it believes that Evan didn't act in good faith, which I think is something that the club absolutely... The only other comparison that we, we can compare this to for the Premier League club was when Portsmouth were deducted nine points in 2009 mm. and 10. Obviously, a little bit of a different situation. And, we, you know, the personally, we don't know too much about that. But why... In bulk, just in your opinion, why a points deduction as opposed to a fine in this ruling? Yeah, it's interesting reading it. I mean, one of the kind of the the arguments for not giving a fine is essentially that Evan have a very wealthy owner. So it's like, well, you know, a fine might, what, what does a fine do when you've got someone as rich as Mashiri kind of bankrolling the project? And that's kind of largely irrelevant, really, because it shouldn't be about necessarily who your owner is and, mm. and things like that. I think... You know, when you look at precedent, this is an unprecedented situation. It's also an unprecedented punishment. And I think that's where Everton certainly have a, 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 a real a real justified grievance in this process. You know, this is a 10-point deduction. If you were to go into administration, you'd get nine points. And if you were to go into administration, that is... the Premier League. What the Premier League's argument in this case is that the integrity of the Premier League is essentially the, the be-all and end-all. How do you protect that competition? And it's integrity and it's standing in the world of sport, obviously the most glamorous, the most prestigious league in world in the, you know, in the best-watched sport in the world. But I think the problem with the Premier League setting it out along those lines is there's a degree of almost hypocrisy because when you look back at and I know that there's a lot of what about me, we've spoken about this in the past, fans of different clubs some related issues have unfolded over recent years we had six clubs that tried to join a breakaway European Super League what's more injurious to the integrity of the Premier League Everton breaching this you know, an accounting breach by Everton of 19.5 million pounds or six of the biggest clubs trying to sail off over the horizon and join something completely different we well, surely you'd argue that first one and essentially they each got a nominal fine of three and a half million pounds and that was it for them Slap on the wrist, or if you, you know, the punishment will be more severe if you were to go back down along these lines and try and find another route towards a Super League. But essentially, you know, three point five million pounds in relation to the money that's spent in the Premier League this day and age is was absolutely nothing. You have a nine point deduction for for administration. Well, if you go, if a club goes into an administration, that has a, a hugely problematic impact on the footballing pyramid because the people that will lose out of people like, you know, the clubs that are owed transfer fees by it. And so many of the of the stakeholders, the companies that operate within that club, catering companies, yeah, all all the the impact that it'll have on the local community because of the suppliers and all the people that will lose out on money is often devastating to those to the to that, that chain, that network of companies and people and local community. If the sustainability of having a big local club that they're supporting and their and whose ecosystem they're caught up with. When you compare what Everton are accused of doing and being found guilty of doing here to to either of those scenarios, then really there's got to be an argument to say that in terms of the damage to the integrity of the Premier League, this falls into the lesser category, and yet the punishment is so much more severe 
the you know it is it is startling and it is staggering and i think that's where everton can turn around and say well hold on a minute like where 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 has this come from because say within that wider context there's an understanding that the the premier league want to create a deterrence and they also want to reward clubs who are compliant within the rules they don't want this to end up in a scenario where clubs are benefiting on the pitch as a result of you know accounting you know skullduggery off it but even within the judgment they're saying that they don't believe that this was a deliberate breach by Everton so even there there's kind of an acknowledgement that you know they've just gone over they've just breached the rules there's a bit of a gray area they haven't set out to do this so to hit them so hard really does kind of feel like a bit of an anomaly and like I say the, the club is shocked and surprised and it's easy to see why that they feel aggrieved at this the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, onto field football, uh, football matters, and on the pitch, um, you know, this punishment as of today comes into effect mm-hmm. immediately, which leaves Everton basically nineteenth in the table uh, on just four points level with Burnley. Obviously, yesterday that was a different story, or you know, even before twelve o'clock of the announcement, that was a com- completely different story. I think we were fourteenth, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just your reaction to the fact that the air of positivity around Everton over the past couple of weeks of those positive results, and now we're in the relegation zone. Yeah, well, I think it shows how important those positive results are, and I don't think that can be forgotten within this. And you know, what is being achieved at the club on the pitch recently? You know, we written a lot over the last few weeks, well, certainly this week, about three consecutive wins in London. Well, there's nine of the ten points and, you know, they were all unexpected wins. It just shows how valuable those wins were. But it also shows you how hard it is to claw back a punishment like this. I mean, you know, those were three very, very impressive wins, which were talent- which were testament to how far Everton have come in on the pitch. They're not going to be easy to replicate. Um, so, you know, I think there's obviously going to be a degree of frustration after two and a degree of hurt at the club that after two seasons in which the club has just survived relegation by the skin of its teeth, just as it's finally starting to get matters right on the pitch and to a certain extent off the pitch, because one of the things that's also noted in this judgment is that over the course of the last four years, Everton's spending and their approach to the transfer market has kind of got more and more responsible as things have gone on. It's easy to see how the club could be angered by almost seen well we're finally in a situation where we've got ourselves out of this mess which is surely good for the football good for the Premier League good for the community and now you're hitting us with the punishment it's just going to claw us back into that now you know whether ever and I think a 10 point deduction is, is clearly not as severe this season as it would have been in the last two Everton clearly would have been relegated I think that we have seen enough on the pitch to suggest that bearing in mind how weak some of those clubs are at the bottom as well that they might be able to claw his back, but it makes things a hell of a lot harder. You know, I think I think for someone like Sean Dyche, who he was told before everything went public today by, by Kevin Falwell, you know, I can imagine how he's sitting there thinking of all the hard work that he's done to take this club to the position where he has, and Kevin Falwell, uh, to take this, get to this club where it's starting to look at mid-table as a reasonable position. And, and also, it was starting to become a... A season upon which the page was being turned, I think. And it was a case where no one quite knows where the ceiling is or what would have been for Everton this season. But the ultimate aim for the club was probably to get to that March-April period in a position where it wasn't 
seriously threatened by relegation. So they can then approach the summer with a head start and go, even if we still don't have enough money, regardless of what's going on with, with TakeOver, whether 777 come in or not, even if there's another summer where the money's going to be tight, which it probably will be, the fact that they've got a head start and the fact that they're not operating the contingency plan that also sees what happens when they go into the championship would mean that from next season, they can then start to really build and turn the progress sustainable and really start to take the club forward. Well, all that's gone out the window now because... Staying up is going to be much harder. It's still very, very possible. But getting themselves into that position where they're safer and early, being very, I mean, perfectly honest, I think that there'll be, to an extent, I think what's happened today will actually have a galvanising impact on the club. You know, I think it will be a siege mentality. It will be an us-against-the-world mentality. And that will perhaps help the club in a way that I think if it had happened over the last two years, what may have happened is the, the resilience wasn't as strong and, and therefore, you know, Attitudes might have crumbled on the pitch. I don't think. I don't. I think there's a greater resilience within that dressing room and within the club now than there perhaps has been any other point over recent years. But they're going to have to draw very, very heavily upon that to get themselves into position where one they stay up, and two, certainly to get to that point where they can stay up with a little bit of grace, they can start fighting for next season. That's going to be really difficult. Okay, then just a word on. Everton's new prospective owners, seven seven seven. Will this have any impact on you know the the buy the potential buyers, um, you know, coming into the club? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. It, it seems. I mean, seven 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 aren't commenting in relation to this, um, but I, I think that within the proposed takeover deal, there are a number of different kind of you know, clauses and eventualities, and I think. They took into account the potential, you know, breach being found against Everton. They took into account potential sanctions. I don't think that obviously, while it damages the, the the health of the club that they could potentially take over if they get approval by the Premier League, uh, I don't think that it will be critical to to, to the deal. I, I think there are kind of provisions in place for things like this. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. What happens next then, Joe? Um, you know, we've already the cards haven't come out and said that they're going to appeal, so mm. obviously we will expect that to be the next process. You know, how how likely is it that appeal will be accepted or, you know, points will be reduced or whatever? Yeah, well, I mean, it's difficult to say because, again, we're obviously we're dealing with an unprecedented situation. Now, Everton are going to appeal uh, and that appeal is expected to be heard and concluded before the end of the season. So obviously the 10-point punishment that they've got comes into a place with immediate effect. It's not suspended. So it's only right, it's only fair if any appeal process happens before the end of the season so that if Everton do claw anything back, it can be applied now and not retrospectively or not next season. Um, you know, when it might not, when any 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 benefit to the appeal might um, you know, might not be worth anything. So obviously the appeal is going to go in place. It, it isn't an appeal based on evidence saying we're innocent. As I, as I hopefully made clear throughout this, the final resting point of evidence was an acceptance that they're in breach. But the issue really comes into how much they are in breach by whether or not the club deserves um, a lot more leniency for the mitigating factors that it, it, it puts forward. And whether as a result of that, this punishment is not only too severe in terms of the amount of points, but the fact that it is a sporting sanction for a financial issue. Those are things that are going to be at play here. So obviously Everton, you know, 
angered in their statement. They said they're shocked and saddened by by the events of today and how this has unfolded, um, and, and the punishment. And and certainly, with you know, really really disappointed with this claim that they haven't acted in good faith. Um, you know, they'll take it back to, to to the commission. They'll they'll take it back to the lawyers, uh, and they will they will challenge this. And you know, I imagine what will follow now is a very similar passage to what we've all been living through for. You know, I, essentially through the last uh, seven months since they were charged, but effectively since a few weeks ago when the commission ended, where you know, we'll enter into a grey area where no one knows really what's happening and, and what will probably happen is at some point, you know, it, later in the season, could be weeks away, could be months away, we'll have another Friday afternoon or another Monday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon like this where, you know, a very short notice, everybody's scrambling to understand the new judgment and the implications of whatever the, the conclusion of it is. I want to kind of finish off on, on football and matters and on the field matters. So um, there has obviously been an air of positivity around the place, Goodson mm. Park, you know, the fan base, everything um, over the past couple of weeks. And that's because of the good results. So what do you expect, you know, this ruling and points deduction, you know, what do you expect it to do to the air of positivity around the club? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it'll necessarily have as big an impact as it as it could have done, and certainly as it would have done in recent years. Like I say, I, I think there's a more resilient atmosphere within that club, both in the dressing room and within the halls of Finch Farm and within the halls of the Liver Building at this at this moment. Um, I think there's a real feeling that the progress that they've made in recent months is a sustainable one and one that's built on solid foundations. I think you'd be naive to think that this isn't going to have an impact. Obviously, the players are going to be looking at the news today. The manager is going to be looking at the news today and thinking, what does this mean? Will it be business as usual for Dyche always? But it'll be, yeah, but that's, that's precisely it. When when the players come back next week, Dyche will be saying to them, look, this doesn't change anything on the pitch. You know, We've still got the same squad of players, still got the same tactics, still got the same levels of fitness within it. You know, And all of those have trended in a positive direction at the moment. The challenge now is to take that into what is a very, very difficult December and, and hopefully use it as a catalyst, use it as the fuel to push them on and go. And I think the, frustrate, I think the frustrating thing is that the results of recent weeks, the very good results based on very good performances, which the club deserve credit for, had created a buffer from Everton to the bottom three, which gave them a game December plus the game with Manchester United that comes up first so they knew that if they do have a blip it's not necessarily going to be one that immediately plunges them into the relegation zone they have got a bit of leeway obviously that goes and there's some very difficult fixtures so it may well be that it takes a little bit of time for the Premier League table to kind of forever and to have a real opportunity to write themselves in the Premier League table I think what's probably going to be crucial to Everton's any momentum that Everton can get up over the next few weeks is Probably whether or not Burnley and Bournemouth start to sort themselves out. Obviously, Bournemouth got a very good win against Newcastle. Um, I think that there's a general acceptance that Sheffield United and Luton are probably the weakest sides in the league, even though it's Burnley that you know, are propping them up. Um, but Burnley and Bournemouth are the two clubs that it feels as if they might have some potential to find some improvements on the terrible starts of the season they've had. And obviously, Evan have got to catch up and, 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 and counter that. It's going to be difficult with the games that they have coming up. But I think Dijk's message to the players will be to to ignore that, and I think it will. I think this will galvanise the players to some extent. I certainly think it'll galvanise galvanise the fan base. You can already see it within the reaction. This kind of this anger and this fury, this 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 very strong feeling resonating and an understandable feeling resonating around the club and everybody that's associated with it. That Everton are being made an example of here, 
and it's up to Everton now to unite as a force on and off the pitch and to show the Premier League and everybody else that you know it won't let something like this you know destroy the club and take it down and it's better than that and it'll come back fighting and it'll you know stick two fingers up to everybody that's you know put them in this position and you know the rival fans that are laughing and taking joy from this and the football regulators that may feel that they have their own points to prove as as you know the government looks at an independent football regulator and you know one that as we've already discussed has has looked at other issues such as clubs trying to form breakaway leagues and clubs going into administration and somehow come to the conclusion that Everton's breach after it's been found to have been committed is, is somehow worse than all of those. Um, international break this weekend is this a good thing or a bad thing you know in hindsight of what we know now would, would we prefer it after this game is at Goodison Park um, you know League. obviously Manchester United on a Sunday evening so it'll be Goodison Park under the lights against a fragile opposition you know Everton will be hungry to start making a point it'll be on TV and I think it'll be an opportunity for Everton to showcase to everyone that they're not taking this line down um, you know, does a week or so of, of of grace in between this and the next game give everybody a little bit of a chance to kind of take a little bit of a step back and you know come to terms? I think quite possibly that that might be helpful. Um, but then on the other hand, the emotion that might have been funneled into a game this weekend might have been a good thing. But I still think that that will be there a week on Sunday. Okay. Um, final question then, because um, I kept you there for long enough. It's the golden question, golden answer. Um, your opinion, if this 10-point deduction sticks, do Everton stay up? Yes. So I'd like to hear, Joel. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. All right, well, everyone, thank you for listening to the latest Royal Blue podcast stream live on the Echoes Everton FC Facebook page. Keep with the Echoes website and the Echoes Everton FC section for the next couple of days for this developing news story. You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.